Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. Um, I went in there real quick and I, I, I tried to attempt to make small talk and chatter with everybody that I talked to. Um, and I was like, Hey, yeah, and he was asking me what I did, and I said, I'm the pastor of the church right over there, and he goes, what? I didn't even know there was a church there, and I was, and I, as I walked out, I was like, oh, man, ow, oh. and here's the thing, as I really do believe that there's a lot of people that don't even know we're here, yeah. you know, and, and so here's the deal, I'm asking you to help us, today we just did baptism, and, and I'm, uh, the, the phone's blowing up with social media, but the reality is, we live in a social media world, and people don't know what we're doing, and so we want to check in, we want to post, we want to, we want to let people know, hey, there's something life-giving happening here, and so, you know, even when we show our videos or we do some stuff, if you'll repost and, and post our stuff, then here's the deal, more people will come, and here's the thing, it's not about growing numbers, it's about today, I had three men get baptized. One could barely fit into the baptism pool because of his, his prosthetic limb. But he said, you know what, I'm going to be baptized. And all of these three men that I, we, I've talked to, their stories of God's transformation. And here's the thing, the reason we use this is not for some image, not for some water. The reason we use it is because this is how the world communicates. And so we want to let people know what God is doing here in this place. I'm so pumped about our new series. Uh, we have a new series called Thanks. And if you want to walk out and, and take a picture or do something like that. But, but w- w- I don't know about you, but it seems like everybody's a little critical. A little negative. A little agitated all the time. Frustrated all the time. And... I want to jump right into what we're going to talk about. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this. I'm going to read the King James Version first, and then we're going to get, and this is the message, but I want to read the King James Version first. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect. What, what, what would be good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is. That's what the verse says. I love how the message says this. And, and let's look at this. Don't be so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Come on. It's so easy for us to be on automatic pilot. And we just do kind of whatever we do. But, but here's what it says. Instead, fix your attention on God. And you'll be changed from the inside out readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it unlike the culture around you always dragging you down and to its level of immaturity god brings the best out in you and develops well-informed maturity in you 
as we are look around our culture, it doesn't take long for you to look on Facebook. Come on. It don't take you long to look around and see people who are mad, people mad and critical. And, and they, they're looking through lenses of judgment all the time. And we've got to make sure that as believers, we don't fall victim to this. Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 says this. Do all things without complaining. Complaining. Come on. I know, I know we're not talking about you, yeah. of course. Of course. We don't complain. I mean, it's probably your extended family. You know what I'm saying? You know, other people that you know, other friends that you know. But it's amazing how much we complain. Complain. You know, it's so funny. It's like you can't even do something. Uh, we have four kids. It's like we wanted to watch a movie. That's all we wanted to do. <laughs> We just, like, my intention was, let's pop a little popcorn. Come on, I'm even kind of a Raisinets kind of guy, so I'm on, like, next level. And I'm like, let's have a family moment. And I'm like, let's watch, so, what, whatever. I don't want to watch that. Okay, well, let's watch that. That's stupid. And before you know it, it's like family bonding has blown up. And now everybody's got a critical opinion over family time. We were just going to play a game. We were just going to get out some cards. You're cheating. You're there. We're just, we're, just, we're just playing cards. Like this is supposed to be happy time. Happy time with popcorn and raisinets. And now you've exploded. You've ruined it. I don't, I don't know if any of y'all ever feel that way. But it's like, are you serious? We just wanted to go out with some friends and have a nice dinner. And all of a sudden, some, well, you know. And you're like, you were happy before dinner. But after dinner, you're thinking of driving your car off the bridge. <laughs> it's like, wow, it sucked all the life out of me. Listen. And, Complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without finding fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. As believers, our outlook should be different than the world that we live in. Complaining, criticizing, disputing seems to be the anthem of today. Just look at comments. Someone can't make a comment on Facebook. You know, either way, it doesn't matter who's in the presidential office. You can't say anything about a president without millions of people. Ah! Obama. Ah! Trump. Ah! Nobody's happy. Nobody. Everybody's critical. Why are we so critical? What, what, what is in us that we want people to fail? That we only look at the negative. That we forget sometimes to acknowledge people and all the sacrifices that they've made so that we can move forward. The reason I think that sometimes we're so critical is we forget because we get busy and it lends towards, come on, selfishness. It lends towards selfishness. I believe this series called Thanks, we're going to walk through four, four Sunday mornings 
uh, of really how to adjust our thinking so that we can live grateful in a critical world. My assignment today is living grateful. Have you ever forgot to acknowledge somebody? Come on, have you ever received something or, or, or gotten a gift and, and you knew, you knew I need to say something to them. I need to acknowledge the fact that they sent, they sent me something or they did something. And all of a sudden a week turns into two weeks and two weeks into three weeks and four. And all of a sudden you see them again and you're like, ah. It's like the itch you can't scratch. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's, there's awkward tension between us because I know I should have said something. And you're probably thinking, and I should have said something, and I know that you're thinking that, so now I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> and it was all because you, gave, you blessed me, or you gave me a card, or you gave me, like, wh whatever it is. You gave me a compliment. Ah, take it. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Well, I was doing this one event, and Katie and I were engaged. We had a great event. It was powerful. God moved. And at the end, I'm thanking everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I get done, and y'all have a y'all have a great week, great life. See you next time. And I look over to my fiance, as most of the time I do, for validation. <laughs> and before she was, and now she was not. I looked over, and she's like. She got the stank face on. You know what I'm saying? She got the face like something is not. And so instantly I'm looking at her and I'm like. <laughs> I can tell something is dreadfully wrong. There is a problem in the cosmos. You know what I'm saying? We've got some real problem. Man down, man down. I'm, I'm needing some help here. And so I get done, and I'm totally clueless. I'm totally oblivious. And I come down, and I'm like, hey, great weekend. Yep. I'm just like, yeah. So uh, it was good. Yeah. I, so, I don't know. something wrong? <laughs> and she's like, we need to talk. And inside, I don't know about you, but here's the deal. Man, we, you know, we play. We play tough. We're like, you man, man. But, but here, I'm telling when those words come out, it's like life stops. You know what I'm saying? It's like a, it's like, and so like people are, are like wanting to say hi and think and connecting with you, Pastor. And I'm like, okay, we can just walk right in here right now in this room you want to talk about. Just tell me everything right now. I'm sorry. You know? And she's like, I'm not mad. And I'm like, you're mad. When you say you're not mad, you're mad. So we started out lying. This is not a good conversation. She's like, but I, ha I did a lot of work. And I was like, yeah. And I helped you. Yeah. And I worked just as hard as you did. Yeah! And she's like, you didn't thank me. And I was like, well, you know I, and she just looks at me. 
And I'm like, okay. And, and instantly, I'm like, there, there's nothing I can do. There's no, there's no way I can spin this. I am just caught. I am just like, ah. So I'm like wanting to call everybody back into the sanctuary. Hey, I got one more announcement. You know, sometimes you can't redo those moments. I don't know about you, but I think a lot of times we go to God when we're in need, but we never come back when he blesses us. And, and if we're not careful, we will be need to need to need to need. But here's what happens is it changes our focus to me, to me, to me, to me. I took a lesson from that moment, and, and the moment was I've got to acknowledge the people around me who are doing such a good job giving. What is in us that we don't want to acknowledge people? In Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19, I, I want to read this real quick. But before we get into this, the truth is compartmentalization is super easy, and we can get focused on building us and we forget to see people. And, and what happens is, as a result of that, we live life with ingratitude. I mean, you think about ingratitude, basically it means this, forgetfulness. You forget. You, you, you forget the return to return the investment of kindness that was given to you. We forget. It can also be defined as not appreciating or valuing what you have or what you've been given. Unexpressed gratitude is ingratitude. See, because here's the thing, is I know we all mean it and we all think it, but if we don't say it, then it's almost lost. And it never does what it's supposed to do. You know what, what encouragement does is it builds people up. What, 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 seeing people and what they do and their sacrifice and all the things that they do. We have so many people that help and volunteer. We have so many people, people in the dream team. I, I, I mean, the, the, the frame that we have out there, we called Ben in the midst of Ben and Crystal do, doing different things that they were doing. We called Ben two weeks ago and said, hey, we need a, a little wood frame thing. And he was like, all right. They didn't call me because I would have not known how to build it. Different people, uh, uh, Ginger, Sherry, uh, I, could, I could go down lists of names. I've got people who care about our sound system so much. Like, that's it. I got two young men right now that are like, we need this, we need this, we need this, and if we do, we can do this in ministry, and we can do this and this. I mean, it's all over the place. We are so grateful for all the people that want to help and serve. Come on, serving in the kids, serving in the taught, serving, serving women coming here on prayer on Tuesday night. It's amazing how the body of Christ yeah. is just moving, moving forward. But here's the deal. It happens with people. It happens with people. And I don't know about you, don't you like to be thanked? Come on, I know, you, I know you're hard, I know you're cool. You don't need no thank you. But, but don't you like it when someone sees what you've did and they appreciate you? 
you guys coming early, holding the door? Well, you know, people can't hold their own door. What's wrong with this world? That's what's wrong with the world. Is no one can open their own door. People coming and helping, Susan helping develop some of our leaders. Uh, Garrett and Aaron over here, Aaron Singh. I'm just, I'm, I, can go on the, I can go down the list of people who are just giving to the church. Yeah. Kathy stands over at the Welcome Center, and y'all don't even know we have a Welcome Center. <laughs> and she stands over there ready to answer every one of your questions. And sometimes nobody comes. But she's just there for the one time one person has a question. Then just walk over there and just ask her a random question. <laughs> but this, the church is made up of people who are doing something. Doing something. In Luke chapter 7, verse 11 through 19, I want to set this passage up. Jesus is moving through Samaria and Galilee. And he came into a village there and he met 10 men who were leopards. It's interesting that, that in this, and, and I'm going to read the text, but you need to see that they were men, not boys, not little children. Sometimes when you grow up in church, you tend to filter everything through little kid. And so every time you read a verse, you, these were grown men, grown men. And there they lifted their voice because they were in need. I love the fact that God came to those that are in need. And you know what? Here's the thing. God doesn't run away from loud, messy people. He goes to them. He goes to them. Ten lepers cry for help, and one returns. Now, I, 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 you, we don't have a lot of leprosy running around, uh, Rogers, but, um, the, but the reality is, back in the day, th this is not a disease that was healed there was no uh, take an antibiotic and, and get a steroid shot. You had to get outside of the city. You were not let in. In other words, you had to abandon relationships. You had to get out of the community. They didn't want it to spread. And so here are 10 men sitting on the sidelines. I don't know if you've ever been down. Maybe you had surgery. But the reality is it is frustrating to want to be back at work and you're out on the sidelines sitting down doing nothing because of your issue because of what's going on inside of you I want to put our mind in there they were out of close proximity to friendship community they full of discomfort social outcast cultural outcast this is the scenario that Jesus is walking into let's read now it happened that he, as he went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And then he entered a certain village. There he met ten men who were leopards who stood far off. And they lifted their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he saw them and he said to them, Go, show yourself to the priest. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. Everybody say returned. Amen. With a loud voice glorifying God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. For he was a Samaritan. And so Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? 
Were there not any found to return to give glory except for this foreigner? And he said, to them, he said to him, arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. What I want you to see is there were ten grown men. Nine were God's people in covenant, Jewish, entitled. Entitlement will break what God wants to do in us because here's what entitlement does. Entitlement says you have a right. God is not into entitlement. He's into sonship. There is a difference. Entitlement says I get it because... Sonship says, I am your father and everything in the kingdom is mine, but you need to turn off the light when you leave, baby. Sonship means there is responsibility at the end. Entitlement says, you're supposed to just have it because you, you accepted Christ. Because you're in covenant. The reality is, you've got to steward your gifts. You've got to develop. You've got to be healed. You've got to walk in freedom. You've got to have old things pass away. You've got to walk in a new... Come on, does that make sense? There is some responsibility on our part, and God is looking for sons and daughters, not believers who are... And I know that's not us. But I find it interesting that a foreigner returned... You know, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to preface it, because I want our kids to grow up in church, okay? I want our kids to grow up in church and have a heart for God and a heart for people and not be judgmental. But this foreigner was so grateful that Jesus would spend time with him because he didn't think he was worthy. And some people come to church thinking they're worthy. Maybe you've been institutionalized by church and you've heard how much God loves you so much that it has manipulated what is true. God does love you and he chases you. And the Bible says that he stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. However, however, his love for you is not the only transaction that's taking place. It's not. There are five ways to build a grateful outlook, and I'm going to do five points in eight minutes. Go. Grateful people recognize they're not alone. Grateful people recognize they're not alone. The one thing the enemy wants to do is isolate you. I don't have, nobody understands me. Nobody is my friend. Nobody, I've tried church, but nobody, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, can we, can we trace that thought down? When you're saying nobody, does that mean that everybody lined up and gave you private notes that said we hate you? Well, nobody understands. Nobody's my friend. Nobody. 
You are not alone. And here's what I want you to see is one conversation with Jesus brought new people back into the leper's life. See, the priests were already there, but Jesus unlocks a reason for these leopards to go meet. There are people that God has waiting and ready for you in a life group. Maybe you have a new best friend. Come on, your friend quota is not full. Maybe God has some things that he wants to do in your life, but you need to connect with Jesus and have him send you. Instead of being all isolated and and nobody understands me and nobody gets me and and there's nobody around that cares about me. Listen, there are hugs available you got to be in proximity. You hear what I'm saying? It's very easy to look critically on the church and go, well, they should have reached out more. Well, you should have stepped forward. Does it make sense? How close do you think Andrew and Peter would have been to Jesus when Jesus calls to them in the boat and says, hey guys, come follow me. All right, cool, we're going to stay in the boat for a little while. There was relationship because they left. Does that make sense? There's relationship. I I promise you'll find a friend if you... Because they're friendly people here. They're, fr- they're people who love people here. And the reality is this. At the house, the reason we want people to move through framework, the reason we want people to join a life group is because we have a mentality and it's more, it, it's more we than it is me. Yeah. And, and you can't move forward being grateful, being me focused. The second thing is this. Grateful people understand living grateful is work. It's amazing. God blessed us with four beautiful children and none of them came out grateful. (laughs) I was thinking that they would come out and after they could have communication and work on their syllables, I would think that before Dada and Mama, it would be thank you. (laughs) Thank you for catching me. Thank you for feeding me. We have to remind our kids to be grateful. And what's amazing is I meet so many parents that are so angry and frustrated and hurt because their children are not grateful. And I'm like, you don't even know. I have to make mine. We just fed you. They're like, what? What? Well, you better say thank you right now. I promise you. You will not die with dog food. Don't play with me. I want, when I walk in, and it's amazing. We'll go to Silver Dollar City or we'll do something. And all of a sudden, as soon as we end, we're physically exhausted. We're about to die. Because they had questions. Millions of questions. And we get in the car thinking it's over and they have the audacity to go, what's next? (laughs) Choke you! (laughs) 
There is no next. That was it. We're done. There will not be another trip until you die. If we have to train our children to be grateful, then here's the deal. The Holy Spirit has to be allowed to train us to be grateful because we focus on the negative. We focus on what we don't have or don't. We focus on all the other things. And here's the deal. I have a problem with Christians who are grumpy. Grumpy believers. That mean mug everybody. And I'm like, does that represent the joy of the Lord? Well, I'm not happy. Okay, well, Jesus saved your soul from damnation. Your flesh will no longer burn forever for eternity. Starting out pretty good. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. It takes work to be grateful. Come on, we've changed Thanksgiving and Christmas into foodsgiving. It's no longer Thanksgiving, it's foodsgiving. And when I talk to people about Thanksgiving, they talk about what they're going to eat. And I'm like, who are you going to think? We're, we're doing football, what are you talking about? What? It's no longer, it's no longer Christmas in, with Christ, but even believers have turned it into givemas. Or debtmus. <laughs> or brokemus. You hear what I'm saying? And so even the things that God has given us to remind us to be grateful. Maybe I'm just talking to myself. The third one is this. I got more two minutes. The third is this. Grateful people recognize the difference between want and needs. Come on, my kids all the time. I need it. I'm like, you don't need it. Dad, I just need it. <laughs> you want it. Like I'm always having to, because they, they, our world, Prophet Pharrell wrote a song. And, 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 and he said, happiness is the key. And so some of you are like, what, Prophet Pharrell? <laughs> Thank, thank minions. <laughs> Happy. Happiness is the key. And so now we've raised the culture up. Happiness is the key. It's the key. And all I'm telling you is, it ain't the key. In the name of happiness, people are broke. In the name of happiness, people divorce. In the name of happiness. Well, I'm just not happy anymore. We need to change the vows from better or worse to happy, not happy. Because it's like everybody, I, I just have to be, I am owed the right to be happy. What? No. Because here's the deal, happiness changes. I love Mexican food. I love Mexican food. I can eat Mexican food every day except for I don't when I don't want it no more. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Mexican food. But you come by and say, hey, Stephen, let's go to lunch on Saturday. And they're like, why don't I take you to Mexican food? Because I know you love it. I don't want to eat it. 
I'm so offended. I thought you loved Mexican food. I do. Friday, Monday through Friday. It makes me happy those days, but it doesn't today because today I want a hamburger. We all change. We're constantly changing. And so here's the deal. The reality is God is the one that ministers to our needs. And then our relationships are able to help us move through life and navigate life. But if you don't go to God to him, for Him to minister your needs, then you are putting way too much pressure on your kids, on your spouse, on your boss, on the people on your life. Because here's the thing, is nobody can make you happy. We now live in a culture that no one can be bored. Bored is like a sin. When it used to be, people got bored and decided to think. Now we're, we owe it to our kids that we have to go to Disney World every year. Or we're not good parents. We have to have season tickets to every fun park in the United States. Because our kids, if you don't teach them how to find joy in the Lord, then they are going to break when the board days come. Instead of teaching them how to navigate a board day. I remember being young, and come on, we're about to go old school real quick. But I remember being at the house with nothing to do. There was no Netflix. There was no streaming anything. And I would do these loud sighs. Come on, y'all remember? And that was a, a, a message, a signal to all in the house. I'm bored. And my mom would say, Stephen, you bored? Uh-huh. Okay. I got a game for you. Okay. Get that rag. Okay. Get that cleaner. Uh, okay. Go clean the toilet. What? Come on. Entitlement. You, what rights do you have when you've been created? Everything has changed. In the last 50 years, households have gotten smaller, paychecks have gotten bigger, and houses have grown by a thousand square feet, and everybody's on antidepressants and nobody's happy. Number four, grateful people can remember when they needed help. Did you forget you used to not look so good with your makeup and your hair, your bills paid? See, here's what I want to tell you is that this man went back because he knew he was in need. And my thoughts and con his thoughts and concept of Jesus just changed. Jesus, you're just, you're just different. There's someone last night in this room who was crying. There's somebody last night who was in need. 
And we get so focused on what we're doing and we don't even know that we're becoming selfish. Do you remember the last time you were up late calling out to God and he, and he heard you cry? The last one is this. Grateful people return with praise. Come on. Don't take for granted what you've been given. Give back. Don't take for granted what you've been given. He came back. He kneeled at Jesus' feet. Come on. Jesus didn't. And, and it's amazing. Nine men just ran out and started back at life. Honey, I'm home. I'm this, I'm that. But here's the deal. Because they didn't acknowledge what God had done, then they truly weren't healed. We have this card, this list. We want you to write a list. Who is it? Who's the coach? Who's the mentor? Who's the pastor? Who's the person? Who's the teacher? Who's the mom? Who, dad? Who, what friend did, who never gave up on you? Who loved you? Even when you were not easy to, come on, come on. We got to be grateful people. Take a moment. I'm going to end with this quote from President Lincoln. If y'all put it on the screen. In a, in a day of national fasting and prayer, here is what he said. He said, we have been recipients of the choicest blessings of heaven and have been preserved in these many years in peace and prosperity. But we, and we have grown in numbers and in wealth and in power as no other nation has grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserves us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. We have vainly imagined and in the deceitfulness of our heart that all these things, all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. You didn't do it. I'm not saying that part of it isn't, wasn't hard work on your end. I'm not saying that. But it is indignant for us to think we did it ourselves. How can you peacock in the presence of God? You didn't do it. You managed it, but He gave it. You stewarded it, but he gave it. Today, I want to start a conversation over the next four weeks that positions us from being critical to being grateful. And we're going to start today. If you know a veteran, if you're a veteran in this place, we're grateful to you. We're going to start looking at our country. There have been injustices. There's no perfect person. There's no perfect country. But the reality is, we're blessed. We're blessed. And this is a great place to live. Come on. Sure, could, you, could you use a little bit more money in your pocket? Probably. 
but we just get Netflix 2.0. We got to be grateful people, church. Y'all stand up with me. Come on, let's be grateful in this house. Let's be grateful. Let's be grateful people. Let's be grateful people. Come on, y'all sing this real quick. Sing this chorus here. We're going to just take a moment and position our mind on the Lord. Come on, sing it out. Come on, open up your heart. You didn't get what you deserve. You didn't get what you deserve. Come on, come on, come on. God, forgive me. God, forgive me for being critical and judgmental. God, forgive me for the things that I've said, what I've done. God, I, I open my heart to you, God. I thank you for who you Come on, come on, church. Come on, church. God. God, you're good. You're good. You're good. to other people we look at what other people have and other people are getting married and other people have a job and other people are doing this and other people and, and, and we can never be satisfied if you measure yourself against someone else you can't because either you're better than them or you're worse than them we're going to be grateful I'm grateful for you I'm grateful for your families. I'm grateful that you're here. I'm grateful that you're allowing this ministry to speak into your life. You could have gone anywhere you wanted to go. I'm grateful. If you're here and there's been a little ingratitude, been a little critical, and here's the deal. I believe that some of you, maybe God is even saying, I want you to be thankful even though it's hard. Because here's the thing. We tend to live in a culture that wants to pray away everything hard in the church. David was known because he whooped his giant. You remove the giant from David and you got a story with a boy who has a slingshot. But you don't have a giant killer. You hear what I'm saying? I know it's hard. I know it's tough. And I know some of you are going through the real hard things right now that nobody knows. But I'm telling you, God is writing your testimony. God is writing your testimony. That adversity, that loneliness, that whatever it is, God is writing your testimony. You are not alone. If you would say, Stephen, 
I need to acknowledge the fact that I've lost some gratitude. If that's you, come on, raise your hand. Come on. I've been looking around, seeing all the things I don't have, frustrated about my season of life. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. And God, right now, God, I pray that you would do surgical relief on hearts in this room. God, we give you this. We give you our heart, give you our issues, give you our life. We focus on what you're doing in Jesus' name. We're going to move into our time of offering. And this is a great time for you to honor the Lord. We, in the back we have buckets. Here we have buckets. If this is your first time here, we're going to ask you to, to just take a moment. and No pressure. No pressure. Fill out that connect card. And, and one of our people want to connect with you this week. If God did something or spoke something specifically to you, write that down. We want to know. Well, let's take the next three minutes and let's focus in on giving God the praise that is due His name. We believe in the tithe, the first and the best. And as we do that, I, I, I'm telling you, come as roommates, friends, couples, and let's give God some honor in this place. Amen? Amen. Come on, lead us, team. Come on. Yeah. 